introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Jason Brown here from ClimbingThePocket.com with a little bit of breaking news. The Daily Norseman and the Climbing the Pocket Podcast Network are joining forces to create a one-stop shop for Vikings podcasts delivered to your eardrums daily. This new collection of shows promises to deliver the top independent voices covering the Vikings from every angle. If you haven't yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And uh, yeah, we'll see you along for the ride. Have a good one. And we're live. Eric, my man. Jason, it is so good to speak with you finally. I feel like I had had campaigned for years to get on here, but <laughs> it's, it's so I'm I'm very glad to to join you. Yeah, man, I'm glad to finally have you on. And it's uh, I feel like it's it's a uh, you know after all these years of it kind of becoming an ongoing joke about you not making it onto the pod. You're actually the first person that we're recording with as we. Kind of take the next step in the podcast. This podcast will be launching on Daily Norseman here in about a week or so. And you are the first person that we're talking to because we felt after all these years of not having you on the pod, you should be the first person we talk to as we make that next move. It kind of makes sense. I've been with Daily Norseman for, gosh, it's been oh, I think 10 years now or something. I'm getting close to 10 years. So that's it's good when you're moving over to uh, my neck of the wood, internet woods. It's, it's, uh, Makes sense now, finally, to, to end the ongoing joke. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, before we get too far into it, I feel like anyone listening to this probably knows who you are already. But if you could just give us a bit of background on yourself, uh, and who you are, what you do, how you ended up, as you said, writing now for one of the, if not the biggest, uh, Vikings blog on the internet for, you know, getting close to a decade now. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like we touched on, I write for... Daily Norseman have been at it for uh, since 2009, and uh, how it came about, it was kind of, I, I guess I do have to give credit to my younger sister. She was reading the Daily Norseman even before I was, when uh, Chris Gates was still uh, running the site since 2006, I believe he started it. Uh, it. It was picking up some traffic, and my sister said, you know, you can comment. It was one of the first um, sites that could really, that had a kind of a robust uh, comment section, at least it, you know, really interactive. And uh, right at about the time I was became a regular reader, I commented a lot, did a bunch of the fan posts that we still have. You know, you can post uh, articles. Your any reader can do that on the on the sidebar of our site. And uh, Chris Gates was looking for more writers, and I threw my hat into the ring, and kind of <laughs> the rest is history. And now it's this will be my I think seventh or eighth year covering training camp uh and it's really nice i, I will miss mankato but uh i live now my new house uh, as of september we moved in uh is about a half mile from pco so i should be able to cover just about all of training camp and yeah i'm, I'm excited for real live football to be back in their lives that's amazing man and uh and speaking of training camp is it now a thing where where you arif and the crew try to, to recreate that epic shot that uh that that happened a couple of years back at training camp. <laughs> yes, the epic shot. Well, I, what really made it was Zarif's Captain America shirt. I mean, let's be honest with that. But yeah, the, one of the I think it was the second to last year in Mankato. Uh, we've had been fortunate enough to have uh, Thad, uh, a, a Mankato guy, be the photographer for us for Daily North, and he's get he's got really great shots the last few years from training camp, and he happened to 
Hayquart, this was in Mankato when you would, you would walk across the street, the, both the media and the players would walk right across the street onto the fields. And Arif and I had timed it just perfectly where it looked like we were leading the team out to the field, which definitely wasn't the case. But uh, it, it looked, uh, it was it was kind of our Reservoir Dogs moment. It was, uh, you know, it, all it was missing was that music and walking in slow motion. But uh, yeah, we I think uh, us two and uh, Daniel House and uh, Luke Inman tried to recreate it. We had a little success with it one time, but it was kind of one of those once in a lifetime opportunities. Yeah, man, we just needed the smoke machine, uh, some slow-mo, some epic music, and uh, yeah, it would have been a perfect Reservoir dog shot there. Uh, you mentioned your sister, so I wanted to go back to that for a little bit. You mentioned your sister as kind of the one who who pushed you, prompted you to, to start you know, posting on what I kind of think of you know, Vikings Twitter original, which was back in the, the Daily Norseman uh, you know, comment section is where I feel like I met a lot of the people that I now interact with on, on Vikings Twitter. But uh, I guess what was it that made you start writing in the first place? Were you already writing for other sites, kind of writing, you know, on your own? I guess what was it that made her think that that would be a good fit for you? Well, I I never really written for any publication officially. Um, I've always been interested in writing. My day job is well, it's kind of different. I worked in software my entire day job career, but it's uh, been related to technical writing. So it's that's kind of the Everything has a structure, you have standards, you have a format. And so I've always liked the kind of more creative writing just to kind of have a balance and, uh, you know, kind of counteract the, you know, the, everything has to be coded and perfect um, in my day job. So it's nice to be have a little variety. And I've always, you know, I've been a lifelong Vikings fan, uh, born and raised in Minnesota. And I've always, you know, written emails and things back before Twitter and all the, these. Uh, websites kind of blew up and so I it was just I had written a, a few fan posts and people seeing it started to get traction I'm like well this is fun it's it, it was a way to one of my very first uh fan posts was right after the infamous Boris Jackson Eagles playoff game and that <laughs> and people seemed to be pretty entertained by that so I was like well let's see how where this goes and I mean 10 years ago it was I just thought it was crazy back in I think it was 2012 when the Vikings invited a few of us, you know, the us the quote unquote blogs to um, the the old Winter Park headquarters just to kind of get a little more feedback when they were trying to get the, the new stadium built. And I thought that was kind of the pinnacle of my my writing career. And then I actually got to interview players at training camp and it's it's been kind of a you know, as a Vikings fan, it's been a dream come true just to pretend to be a journalist every once in a while. I'm definitely not um the level of these beat writers that are there day in and day out, but it's hundred percent time. Yeah. yeah. And so if, as someone who hasn't made it to training camp yet, what is that interaction like? Like, because I know that there was a point in time there where it seemed anyway, from the outside looking in that there was a lot of, uh, a, lot, a lot of shots being thrown back and forth from beat writers kind of feeling like, you know, bloggers were, were infringing on their turf or whatever it might be. And bloggers feeling they weren't getting the respect that they should be from, you know, other members of the media or, or weren't even being recognized as, you know, I guess a, a valid form of media. What's it like when you actually get in there and start rubbing shoulders with the, uh, with the beat writers who are doing this as, you know, they're their primary or their day job? Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a little bit of uh, negative feedback at the beginning and I guess it still kind of depends on which beat writers. Luckily I've been fortunate enough to at least interact on a basic level with most of the guys that have been covering the team. I have, you know, a decent relationship with just about 
all the main writers all, from all the big websites and uh, publications. But I, I get it. I mean, it's kind of when there are more microphones in front, it's tougher for these guys that this is their actual day in and day out job. And when these uh, kind of people like me that kind of float in and out that aren't there every day, I understand the, the concern. But hopefully, I think now over the last uh, six, seven years, they the the main B writers realize that you know I, I take it seriously. It's it, I'm not there to just you know gawk at the, the players and crack jokes and everything else like that. So I I think now um, they're just um, even the newer people that have only been covering for a year or two, they kind of understand that it's a professional setting. It's it's not a, a fan camp. If you want to just watch the practices, the, the stands are right there. So um, it's it it was definitely a little tougher at first, but I think. Um, the beat writers know it's 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 and again it's only for a few weeks and then it kind of goes back to what uh, the normal beat writers do. So I th I think they have a pretty good understanding at training camp that there there's just going to be uh, a handful more people that are going to be asking more questions. And uh, you know, as you you jumped in, obviously I, I'm going to look at you now as as a seasoned veteran in the game. You've been doing this for a while now. You've been to training camp for a while. What's your most star starstruck moment that you had? Uh, you know, and really any of the, the times you've been covering the Vikings or writing about the Vikings or interacting with players or even beat writers or anyone in the media, like what, what, what is the one that really stands out for you as like, a, oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking to or, or standing next to, uh, to this individual? So many, and there were so many just at first. I mean, two of my favorite, I just remember the first, I think the most I probably was, and it was just probably more due to the lack of experience the first time that I was in the scrum talking to Adrian Peterson, asking him a question, you know, like I saw myself asking him a question on, I think, a clock five, you know, I was in the shop, and I probably didn't like that. But, you know, it was, I think it was the initial sack, talking to players like that. Now I've, I've done it enough where, you know, okay, these guys are just people too. But I think the, the one person that every time I still see him at camp, it still kind of strikes me as, like, holy cow, there he is, is Alan Page. And he's been there enough. I've seen him a handful of times. I've actually got to interview him once or twice um, over the phone, I believe. But it's just um, amazing just seeing such a, a legend both on and off the field uh, just when he kind of walks in and he's still got that cool swagger about him. So I think of all of them, I mean, there's a lot of national writers. It's like there are so many people that come into camp, especially last year when they went as the first year at PCO. I mean, it's like, oh, I follow this guy. This guy, I follow this guy. Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking him questions. But I think still the, the one person that can still get me is uh, Alan Page. There's just something so cool about him whenever, every time you see him. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. And uh, one thing that is very apparent from, you know, talking to you now, you know, reading your articles, as you said, you take it seriously. Uh, what is it that keeps you so passionate about this this many years in? Oh, that's a good question sometimes. And it seems like this time of year when there's, you know, there's, you're, we're just scraping for topics and talking about Oh, I already talked about this last year. It's just, it, it really just comes down to passion. This is, this is, I mean, I get to do what a lot of Vikings fans, lifelong Vikings fans in my position don't get to do. So I, I just consider myself lucky like that. I mean, I still have friends that ask, ask me right before and after everything. Oh, did you talk to so-and-so? Like, oh, did, you know, now Paul pictures I took of, uh, you know, like Stephon Diggs or Xavier Rhodes or someone I interviewed at training camp. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And at the end of the day, that's really kind of what keeps me coming back. And it's just, I mean, for me, it's a good fun side gig just to express and 
commiserate with fellow Vikings fans. <laughs> As you know, it usually ends in disappointment. Well, it always ends in disappointment eventually, but it's, <laughs> it's just what it's it's the community aspect of it. It's, it's really fun to interact with fans that are just as crazy about the team as you. Of course, well, the interactions aren't as polite and civil as we'd hope sometimes. But overall, I still think I still you know believe at its core that this the group of Vikings fans. Is, it's unlike any other because if you stuck with the team for this long, you might as well just keep sticking with them because it has has to happen one day. I mean, when these teams like the Raptors win their first championship, it's like, oh, they suffered for 24 years and you know, like kind of roll my eyes. But well, the Vikings have been twice as long in counting with that. But it's it's just a unique thing. And again, I I have the flexibility in the day job where I can get away every once in a while and cover training camp. And uh, I have people at work that will come and after you know. I'll stay up on a Wednesday night and write my weekly art, the preview article. Have people come up to me at work on Thursday and discuss it. I just think it's a, it's a really cool way to stay connected to them. I feel like I got you sufficiently warmed up now. So, you know, we can get to the really hard hitting stuff that people really want to know about. <laughs> and uh, I want to know if we're going to be getting tax receipts for the, uh, you know, the, 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 the fundraising initiative that our stupid back and forth about chugging beer started on, on Vikings Twitter. <laughs> do, do, we, do we get to, to, to sign off on any monies that were raised and get that deduction in our taxes when, uh, when, when next year rolls around? Well, I mean, I, I do have to give credit to our guy, Luke Brown, who had the idea to actually put the dumb thing to some money. I don't know how much it collected, but I know I, I, know I threw in 10 bucks and I threw in my stupid video. But yeah, that was... Oh boy. Yeah, it was, um, yes, it, the beer chugging. I went to college at North Dakota State and it was very cold in Fargo in the winter. So I did get a decent amount of practice at uh, said skill and I, I'm still okay at it. I'm not at the college levels of it. But uh, yeah, again, it's the off season. We got to fill our time somehow. And of course, any chance to poke fun at Aaron Rodgers, that's, that's kind of how I started it. And so, um, yeah, I, I hope we can get it back. I mean, it's a donation. If you made a donation for the and, and made a video, I know there were at least I saw at least a half dozen or a dozen people who had also contributed. So um, <laughs> yeah, but so I but I think I'll just give that to the ten bucks and uh, I'll I'll take any grief that I deserve on Twitter. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And uh, something that that I, I wanted to ask you because again, like you've been doing this for a while now and. You know, as you well know, uh, Miles, Jr. they just joined uh, you and myself and many others as people who, you know, are on Vikings Twitter, cover the Vikings, do things around the team, but also now they have new additions to their family. And so that's a question that, you know, we've been kicking around in our group chat. But one that I wanted to ask for you is how has, you know, being a father, being a parent changed your priorities or changed how you look at things when a uh, it comes down to you know suffering through the Viking seasons or investing, you know maybe a full Sunday to football activities or whatever it might be. How have things changed for you now that you are, you know, are well along the path in in, in the journey of being a father? Yeah, uh, the viewing habits have definitely changed. Um, I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old daughter, and uh, they definitely uh, pick up a lot of time. But uh, I'm, you know, I still my my wife, bless her heart, they she understands that you know that's another benefit of you know quote unquote covering a team i do have to watch these games so i usually get those at least the three and a half hours that the vikings are playing i usually can get that carved out on sundays 
but the rest of those Sundays, um, that's filled with all the other family activities. I know that I, my honeydew list is before and after both the games. I don't catch a lot of the, you know, I'll catch the, some of the Sunday night game here and there, but a lot of it I'll have to go back and watch on, you know, Game Pass, stuff like that. And it's definitely, uh, it's tougher to sneak in. Uh, the priorities definitely change. But I'm now with uh, my oldest, and in some you know the sports and activities and things like that, it'll it'll get even tougher, I'm sure. But I think another benefit of the fatherhood is like, especially after some of these games where you just want. I remember in my early and mid twenties, it was it would the Vikings would lose and it would just absolutely ruin my whole day and probably most of my Monday. So it's nice to have uh, two cute little kids to kind of you know. It's okay, Daddy. The Vikings lost, but they'll they'll try better next time. You know things like that that they'll uh, kind of perk up. And I know I've I've put in uh, when I filled in for the stock report for Ted last year, or maybe a couple years ago. I'd I'd throw in the Gemma quote of the day, and that's my oldest daughter. She, she always would say at least one or two funny things during the game. So they're a good way to keep a little bit of the balance. Um, I'm still an absolute maniac when it comes to the Vikings, but I'm a little more even keeled, and that's probably for the better. Yeah, no doubt. I know I've told the story uh, like a, a bunch of times on the podcast already, but that missed field goal in Seattle uh, when, you know, it looked like Teddy had led the uh, the comeback drive is basically what changed my whole, uh, my whole, I guess my priorities, not necessarily my priorities, because I'm still, you know, in there watching every game, kind of, you know, suffering through every every down and distance as, as we go through it. But the look up, the look of fear on my daughter's faces when, like, <laughs> uh, I yet a, let out whatever horrible noise I did when when that field goal was missed, <laughs> uh, really put things in perspective for me. I was like, I really can't be living and dying with all of these games <laughs> anymore <laughs> because I'm actually affecting the lives of my children with my behavior. And uh, yeah, you know, it still hurts, but like you said, it hurts a little bit less when you have a uh, you know the, the the kids and the family to go back to and. Uh, help you keep perspective on the fact that, you know, it is just a game that you're watching. So absolutely. absolutely. And that is uh, still why I'm, I've shared the story on daily North for a couple times. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it as uh, I technically missed the minutes, the Minneapolis miracle live because I was already driving home. <laughs> I turned around right away. As soon as I heard it, watched a hundred replays, but I had my family with me at a friend's house and it was snowing that night in Minnesota. And it was just like, okay. And it was the point I'm like, as soon as they convert the Saints converted that fourth down, and uh, even before the they kicked their field goal, I'm like, I've seen this movie too many times. I'm I'm like, I have to. I don't want to freak out in front of my friends and family. I'm just gonna quietly drive home and then angrily shovel and start a whole bunch. Then of course I get a block away. I call and say the uh, Minneapolis miracle happens. So again, that's I I don't really regret it because I still would have freaked out. I think much in the other direction, seeing it absolutely live. I would have. Would have taught my kids a lot of swear words uh, either way. So, but yeah, so that that definitely does change things. <laughs> that is hilarious. And uh, yeah, does do do your friends ever let you live that one down? The fact that you you left before it happened. Well, the the friends that were there that still actually stuck around because two or three more were gathering their stuff up or had basically left the room because they were too angry as well. So I think out of the Six guys we had there, and then you know, uh, wives and kids there too. I think three of them saw it live, so we were, we were all, you know, <laughs> we all kind of thought you know, that the Minneapolis miracle stuff like that never happens to the Vikings. And of course, that was the one game that the other we half of us weren't even there. 
Yeah, well, I guess, you know, the universe balanced it right out for us the following week. So, you know, no, 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 no harm, no foul. And uh, really the last thing, uh, last, I guess, you know, two more questions before I get you out of here. But I guess, you know, for you as, you know, part of your job is covering the team, getting your content, putting it out, getting it out there, interacting, you know, in this, you know, crazy world of, of social media that we live in. How do you find that balance for yourself with, you know, promoting your work, getting in there, interacting with folks, but also not letting that, you know, infringe too much on the other parts of your life or not letting the negativity that can come along with, you know, a lot of social media activity really come in and be something that, uh, yeah, that, that it affects you personally or, 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 you know, becomes a negative impact for you? Yeah, it's, it can be a tough balance sometimes. I mean, <laughs> Twitter is uh, not exactly a breeding ground for happy, uh, you know, motivation and uh, rosy feelings all the time. You'll, it's, it comes with the territory. Thankfully, I'm usually, I, I've seen a lot of other people um, get a lot more vitriol directed at them than I, I feel like, relatively speaking, I've, I've gotten, you know, away with a little, well, I guess not gotten away with, but I've avoided it. Um, you know, the, when people throw in stuff about politics and all this stuff, it's like, well, this is, I'm, you know, I kind of just tap out because it's just, I'm not going to convince anyone either way. So I, tr- I try to, you know, stick to the Vikings. Of course, my kind of, my brand of dad jokes, that's kind of what I stick with. And that seems to be pretty harmless by one way or the other. I mean, I, I've caused too many eye rolls to count, I'm sure, with some of my terrible puns and jokes, but yeah, it's, it's tough. And there's, Times where I just kind of have to consciously, you know, take a break. If there's a, a back and forth with someone, then it just gets kind of ugly. It's like, all right, we're not getting anywhere, and it just kind of has to stop because if we keep on going down that rabbit hole, it's only going to get worse for everyone involved. And it's um, it's a, a tricky thing to navigate a lot of times. But again, at another part of the the family, I'm lucky enough to have a really good support system at home, and this, you know, this is not my main source of income so I, I don't have to it's not life and death for me and again though older i get just it's there's a lot of times where it's like yeah i have a really good comeback for this one but you know i'm just gonna let it slide or maybe mute the conversation or mute the actual person that keeps coming after you because it's it's just at the end it's not really worth it we're all kind of cheering for the same team especially you know when it comes to the infighting but you know i don't know how many conversations we're we're going to have over the next couple of years about cousins, but it's, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. And um, hopefully the Vikings can have enough success where we can back off and just kind of enjoy the ride every once in a while. All right. And what a beautiful segue to the last question I have for you, because you know, I can't have you on here and not ask you about Kirk Cousins. So what are, what are your thoughts on what is going to happen with, uh, with QB one Kirk Cousins as we roll into this uh, second season of the Kirk Cousins experience? Well, I hope the season two is a lot better than season one. I hope it's not like uh, True Detective and season two is even worse. So um, it's going to be, it's, it'll be interesting. I, it, I think it's going to be one of those where, you know, the the pieces that they changed, I, I think the Kubiak and Stefanski offense is going to be a better fit. I think the offensive line, again, it's not going to be the the 90s Cowboys, no one expects that, but as, as long as they can you know, not allow 109 pressures, I think that was the number that uh, Pro Football Focus, that was just the up the middle, 
pressure between the two guards in the center. If they can shore uh, that up a little bit, Cook, if Cook is healthy, he'll, he should have the weapons in the passing game. I think Irv Smith will come in and uh, be a nice tight, uh, second tight end and a, a, nice, a nice passing target for him. We already know about Thielen and Diggs. Again, it, it's, it looks like he's going to have enough weapons, and the defense should be, uh, you know, the top five, top, top ten defense, just because it's, it's Zimmer and the personnel that they have. And, and I'm not making excuses for him last year. He did put up good numbers, but I mean, it was the same old song and dance as as when he started in Washington. It was just he'd put up numbers, but not and well, every number that counted except in the win column, basically. And you can't blame him completely for last season's eight seven and one finish. I think the line was tough, but I think the offensive philosophies were really uh, contrasting with uh, what Keith Lippo and Zimmer had in mind. But now it seems like everyone's on the same page. He had the full off season. This is the second year. He should have some familiarity with his weapons. Um, it's it's kind of it's. Really, I mean, I think the Vikings are are going to have cousins for the next two seasons, no matter what, just because it's all guaranteed money. But I think we're going to know a lot more about where Cousins can maybe take this team after 2019. And, you know, it's a, it's a odd year under Zimmer, so it's going to be, I'm just going to pencil us in for division championships. That's what happens under Zimmer in odd years, right? <laughs> and actually, the last question for you, what's your prediction on the Vikings record for this season? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I've been thinking about it I think it's going to be a very tough division this year. I think that uh, last I checked, Vegas odds that the Bears, Packers, and Vikings are all really close for division odds, and that makes sense to me because I think the Bears are still going to be very good. I think they might take a little bit of a step back, especially losing Fangio. The Packers are going to come back. As long as Aaron Rodgers is there, I'm going to be fearful of them. I think that they're starting to actually put together a defense a little bit which uh, is a little scary, and if their secondary can take a step up. Um, and that road schedule, man, it's the, and playing the AFC West of all divisions, that's going to be tough because I think the Broncos are going to be better. Raiders will probably still be the Raiders, but when you throw in the Chargers and Chiefs, uh, two of the probably the better teams in the AFC, and you have to play them on the road, it's going to be a really tough planning. So I think I want to say somewhere – I'm going to be a little positive, and I think they're going to be right around that 10-6 and six mark. I think it should get them in the playoffs. And 10-6, and six, again, with the NFC North and the entire division playing the NFC West, 10-6 and six might be good enough to sneak in and get that division win. So I'll stick with that for now. Um, I'll feel a lot more comfortable with my prediction after seeing everything in action in the training camp. Though. Eric, uh, it took way too long. <laughs> But thank you so much for coming on, kicking things off for us as we move over to DN. And uh, yeah, man, we will we will interact soon, and you know we'll test that policy of yours uh, for not getting involved with uh, with incendiary topics with more wonderful arguments about things like beer chugging and shots in the uh, in the upcoming season. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Thompson of the Daily Norseman. I know we had some audio issues with Eric along the way there, but I played it back and there was enough in there that I felt it made sense for us to go ahead and get this episode up. So I hope you enjoyed that. We'll have a lot more coming for you here in the coming weeks and months ahead. Have a good one.